danger, danger, danger. Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben, and as you can see, Chris is not here today, which means that we have a special impromptu session, classes in session, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to mix it up and mix it up we are going to do today. First of all, you can find us on our socials, SC Insider 100. You can find us on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of those other audio platforms and on the YouTube search for us, Supercoach Insider. So I'm going to record this. We're going to do a little bit of an impromptu, as I said. Welcome to the danger zone. I might put a sound clip on that one for our audio platforms this week. Danger, danger, danger. Uh, three weeks out, he is gone. You have to get rid of him. Get rid of him. He is gone. Don't get rid of gone. Wait a week on that one. We'll get into that. So basically, I'm going to give you a little rundown on my observations for round one. We're going to keep it clear, simple, to the point. Then we're going to get a little bit of of, uh, social interaction. I'm going to call Swizz, our good friend Swizz, who is a veteran of Supercoach. We're going to get his opinion on what he would do for the rouse, the danger fields, the rookie uh, situation as to who's important, what some options are that he would consider and why he's going that way. Then I'm also going to call George, George Supercoach. I'm going to, I've got his number, so I'm going to give him a call as well. Hopefully this all works out well. I might have to edit it all back together and then put it up on the line. So there, that's it. We're going to mix it up. We're going to get a little bit of opinions here. First things first, though, we're going to crack. This is a tinny. Oh, that one had a little bit of froth on that tinny. I like it. And because Chris isn't here today, we're going to do a little shout-out to Chris. We're going to do a... Oh, double down. Now, if you can't decide at home, ladies and gentlemen, folks, just double down. Why not have both, as the little girl says in the Mexican ad? So, alrighty. Now, firstly, I'm going to talk about my side. And I was so confused. I was torn all weekend because of the late. You don't know who's coming in, so you're trying to make some decisions and then you don't want to handcuff yourself. Unfortunately, Chris got handcuffed. He had Luke McDonald a late out. He got in and changed it, luckily. Uh, McDonald, I still think, is a couple weeks away from returning. So he came in and got Houston. Now, Houston, Chris has a problem. Uh, I might try and check out his side as well because if we can hang shit on Chris, why not? He's not here to defend himself and we're all for that. We'll call it banter, the banter zone. Um, So for my team, now, it was a little bit um, confusing. I'm going to bring it up here. Let me see if you can check it at home. All right, let me try and move that across. And that is my team on the screen for those on YouTube. Uh, I ended up going with Lloydie. I went with Ryan. A little concerned with Ryan, with Young doing quite well. Ryan probably first game back in. Ugh, he didn't set me a light, but it was his first game back in. So I think I have to stick with those primos. Laird, I went with Stewart. I went with Clark and Highmore. Cozzy and Sharp on the bench. I went with, oh, this is my changes that I'm thinking about making now. I actually had Lockie Neal. Let me go and reverse these trades. Uh, so I had Lockie Neal in there. I had McRae. I had Josh Kelly. I had um, Dunkley in the midfield. I then had Caldwell in the midfield. And he was the one I was tossing up with. Now, I considered Taranto. I nearly considered not getting in Braun. And I nearly had in uh, Raul. This close. 
I haven't had rail on my side all year. And I was like, oh, Gold Coast have a great start to the year. They actually play, you know, play Adelaide. They play North Melbourne really early. Rail's going to tail it up. I could be a genius and stick with the competition. But uh, lucky I didn't. I nearly got in Taranto. And then I was like, okay, but, you know, with so many unknowns, I thought what I'll do is I'll keep 107000 in the bank. I brought in Caldwell. That then gives me room so I could move Caldwell up to uh, Taranto. I could... If things don't work out, I could then change things up and go Caldwell into um, Zach Williams and then switch Clark back into that midfield rotation. So I have five deep there. If Impey doesn't work out, I'd have enough money to move him to, say, a Heppel, etc. which is why I considered it. Or go a rookie up to, say, if I missed, uh, I could go like a, you know, a Saunders or a rookie that um, isn't doing well into a Dow if he kicked off and that kind of thing. So... That was what I went for. I went with a little bit of flexibility. It is going to set me up a little better this week. Caldwell, I'm not so sure on. He got a lot of the ball, had a good roll, but he butchered it. Now, my observations. The inside midfielders, the ones that can get contested balls, still can score really well. Titch had two-thirds of his possession as handballs, and he still dominated. He had a lot of possessions. So the accumulators are still going to do well. Clary, perfect example. Now, those who get the ball and butcher it, um, they really suffered. So Taylor Adams, shit score. Caldwell should have gone 100 plus easy. If he was actually an elite kick, he would have gone well over 100. I think it was like 108 fantasy and 74 super coach because he handballed it to people's feet. He kicked it over uh, teammates' heads. And one of them, I was so upset. I was watching the game and I'll get into this story. Watching the game and... Caldwell got tackled, uh, tackled someone, free kick, holding the ball. I was like, bang, there's my boy, four points, tackled him, great, now he's getting a kick, lines up, kicks it over his teammate's head, clanger. I was like, you fucking dipshit, like, my God, kid, not good. Um, so I'm thinking about holding fat with him. I've got most of the rookies here. Now, my only issue, and thank you for Supercoach Elites for hanging shit on me for bringing in Henry, um, one minute before the game, I'm there and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it was just Richmond. Henry's playing. So I was looking at him or Jones and I was like, Henry could be quite agile and mobile. Maybe they rate him. Maybe it was just Richmond's defense. He's more expensive. So I was like, oh, so one minute before the game, I brought him into my team. Then I had less than 60 seconds to go. Oh crap. When I traded him in, he's on field. So I'm like, uh, 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 off field. He then became emergency, did horrible. So could be worse. Um, yeah, so the only one I'm missing out on is uh, Jordan. Now, I'll probably wait the week for him. If Barry doesn't do well, I might actually bring in Jordan earlier and put him on field instead of Braun. We will see on that. But Dangerfield, you have to trade. My perception is I'm really torn. I could go Dangerfield, trade him out, bring Dunkley into my forward line. I could actually go and bring in a Zach Williams into my defense and bring Clark into that midfield. It'd thin out my midfield a little bit, but Williams isn't owned by much. But again, I have the cash and I definitely have the cash. I could bring in Dusty Martin. I think he looked really good. I think this format could really suit him. But, you know, it's one of those things where he is going to possibly have a few down games. His average against his opponents coming up isn't that great after Hawthorne. So he's one of those ones where I think it's pivotal. So many that don't have Dusty that have danger are going to jump on him. So it's kind of one of those things, do you try and float with the pack? Because if he goes really big and you're the one that's not on, it's going to hurt you. Or if he doesn't do so great, it could actually work out in my favor if I don't get on Dusty just yet. So I have the cash. I'm thinking about getting in Clary just to you know bulk up my midfield a little bit more. But then it minimizes my options as in getting rid of Caldwell. So I'd sort of be stuck with him. So 
Um, interesting, 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 which is why I think the uh, danger to Dusty is not a bad option because then that frees up more cash for me next week. And I'm definitely considering Walsh. I thought he looked really good. I posted on Twitter. Unfortunately, I'm now kind of on the Walsh train. I think Walsh looked really good. He's classy. He can get contested ball. He's good on the inside and the outside, and he's fit. And we saw Graham, Walsh, these fit guys, uh, Brayshaw, they just kept running all day and they just held up. Now, whether that's going to continue or whether that's just because it's at the start of the season and they're fitter than everyone else, I'm not sure, right? But the people who were running and carrying, your Brayshaws, your um, Smith from the Bulldogs, McGrath, Walsh, the run-carry types did very, very, very well. Um, a lot of the extractors from defense did pretty good as well. So it's going to be interesting. Now, we've only had a preseason and now one game sample size. Don't go crazy. Don't start jumping on all these people you haven't had all season. For instance, you know, Boak has great games, right? But he also drops like four or five 80s in a row. You know what's going to happen. There's no point jumping on someone after their great score like Dusty. He's not going to average you 158 for the season. There's no point jumping on thinking he's going to average you 158. He only had, I think it was two scores of 150 or more in the three seasons prior to this. So that's his one big score. Um, I don't know if he's going to go bigger. He could have gone 200 that game, I swear to God. He butchered so many, which makes me think maybe I should get him because this format helps him more one-on-ones in the forward line. He had quite a lot of CBAs, but Cotchum wasn't there. So should you get him? Lots of questions. Now, um, yes, this is my side. I'm actually pretty happy with it. Uh, Warner did pretty well. Campbell, I think, will help. Uh, he'll do better in dry conditions. When he had it, he kicked really well. Mills, I had in my side for so much of the preseason, tossing up between him and Ryan because he can't go Lloyd, Laird, and Ryan and Mills. That's all all the same buy. And I actually had Mills as the other guy. And then uh, after he got knocked out, I was like, hey, you know what? Ryan could actually be really good because he's not owned much at all. And that kind of backfired on me this week. So there you go. Um, that's my team. That's what we're sticking with. Now I'm going to start. Let me just um, have a little bit of a look and see if we can find Chris's team. I'm also going to now have a look and try and call the Swiss man and see what he's doing with his side and what he recommends. So let's see how we go here. Let me just mute this channel. And let's get him on the line. All righty. So this will be interesting. And we're joined here with Swizz. Swizz, how are you today? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Just um, chatting to the audience at the moment. Chris has pulled a bit of a whammy this year, so he's, he's out for today. But as you know, the show does go on like The Greatest Showman. We keep the ball moving. Now, do you have Dangerfield or Rowell? Uh, I did start with Danger on one of those uh, late-minute decisions that kicked Dusty out of my side and put Danger in, which is uh, making me already pull my hair out early in the comp. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, I'm saying I've got Dangerfield as well. Uh, it's an interesting one. I did consider Dusty, but, you know, when it came to Dunkley, Dusty, I think you could only really start with a couple of those guys. Anyone that went midfield, um, you know, the the uh, mid-price deep, they're the ones that had your, your – um, all of the rookies that actually did really well, like Goulden, et cetera, um, they, were, they were on their bench because they had so many mid-prices. They were playing Impey and Dow at um, you know, F6 instead of actually having a rookie on field. So I think we did okay, though. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and 
like I was still happy with my score. I scored twenty one hundred on the week last weekend, but um, yeah, it's just a, one of those annoying things where Dusty goes ham. Um, like I was expecting him to go very well against uh, Carlton, but not as well as naturally he did. And then Dangerfield to do uh, you know for actually Geelong just to completely stuff it up against Adelaide. Um, yeah. And it hurts now that he's out for three weeks. But I know a lot of people are facing the dilemma of Dangerfield and Rao out. So we'll see if we can fix that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rao was the interesting one. I think it's really sad. Like, as in, if there's not too many people that you actually try and really barrack for, and I think no matter what team you actually like, Rao is someone everyone wants to succeed. And to see him get hurt, I think that's uh, it's a little bit painful. But it hurts more for those that actually have him. And half the comp had him, which is probably – where I think that now if you didn't have him, you're kind of a little step ahead of everyone else. You have one extra trade up your sleeve. Unless you have Dangerfield, then you might be one step ahead of those that had Rao and Danger. And that's the big issue at the moment is where to go because Rao was definitely a cheap price point. Um, you know, there's not too many around from there. And, like, what do you think now? So you have half the competition now need some options, and do you see maybe two, one or two people really spiking in their ownership this week? Uh, absolutely, and I was just having a look at some of the ownership out there um, and already the changes that have been taking place. Um, so that's kind of kind of interesting in itself. So I'm just trying to pull it back up because I was just looking at a couple other things. Um, well, it's interesting. Walsh at 5.43 is definitely one who I am looking at, but for me, it's kind of like, you know, the fa- like your favorite band. So I used to like Simple Plan back in the day. They were this, you know, pop sort of punky kind of group. I was listening to them this morning. Yeah, well, see, I loved them. I was so big on them. I was like, yeah, Simple Plan, I'm so cool. And then all like a million teeny boppers just jumped on and ruined it. Do you know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden it's your favorite things, no longer cool. And I feel like it could be like that this week. Everyone's going to jump on because they need options. They're going, oh, Taranto is good. Walsh was good. Dusty, if they don't have him, like the other half of the comp, then I, I feel like their ownership on those three players is just going to go absolutely astronomical. Absolutely. So would you jump on or would you let everyone else take that risk, Swizz? It, it's, it's one of those things I was just thinking about and I was just having a look through, like, because my danger field dilemma at the moment is uh, if I swap, um, who do I have, um, Campbell, and move him to the forward line, naturally I can get a mid but I went without Jordan last week. Um, I was banking on Melbourne having players to return. So I'm planning that in my head. If Jordan, now with harms out, has another good week, I'm going to have to get him in. And I don't have any more holes to move around um, unless I trade out one of the you know, rookies, hopefully, you know, maybe underperforms. But then I need to make sure I've got enough cash to, you know, turn a McNeil or a Lazio or someone like that into Jordan. So that's, uh, I'm finding it a la- little bit more difficult to go, okay, I want to go out and get a Mitchell or another midfielder, um, which might ruin my structure more. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, same thing I consider. I was like, oh, I can get Zach Williams and switch you know, Clark into my midfield, but then all of a sudden I've only got three premiums, Caldwell, Clark in the midfield, and it looks a bit shit. You know? So it's, I think Highmore holds his job security a little bit better. Um, I think Jones is now injured, uh, so Bergman could have some better job security. So he's someone that could actually do well this week with Bonner and Jones now injured. Bergman could actually do well this week, and that'll make it more interesting. Um, I think Chapman will probably get named as well. He did really well last uh, in the in the was it the waffle. 
I think there's a couple of defenders that could actually now pop up, which could be interesting um, and shit timing all around. But um, I don't think it's too bad. I think Highmore keeps his. And if he's on your field, I think you feel pretty good. I think if you have Highmore at your D5, then I think you'd be feeling a bit sketchy right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I, and I went massive in the uh, in the back line. So I've got all of like Lloyd Laird, your Ridley's, Daniel Stewart, and Highmore is currently my D six. But Ooh. I think, uh, yes. So, but I've got Sharp at um, D eight with Clark swinging with him. So even if Highmore misses, I know I can throw Clark back there. Um, so with only really Whitfield, who looks like he might miss majority of the year, and then at the Mills, like I'm really happy with my back line at set and yeah everyone outside of Highmore scored over uh, oh and Lloyd 98 but scored over 100 last week so yeah unlike a few others who might be sweating I did see a few teams with both Clark and Young um, Young looked really good last week um, so they'll be hoping that he continues on um, to find, find the footy back there and with for a couple of Freo's injuries I'm sure his uh, job security is um, set for the time being yeah, I agree. I think Chapman's definitely one to watch. And if, you know, Sharp, Sharp could definitely get dropped this week. Um, I think that uh, – who's our boy? Um, oh, my God. Brisbane Lions. Eli. Uh, Eli Smith. Eli, yeah. I think he'll get named. He did really well. I think – what did he get? Like four, what did he get? 14 disposals and a half and a couple goals or something before yeah, they pulled him? Yeah. Yeah, so. The only, the only danger for Smith is facing Geelong first week. Um, and that, you know, he, uh, he could be in for a quiet night down at Geelong, especially it's um, pretty well. Naturally, it's a lot wetter up in the uh, in New South Wales and up your way at the moment. But, yeah, it's still pretty wet down here in Melbourne. So might not be the best night for a debut for him, but you never know. He might be in the end of a couple, and hopefully that'll um, able keep him in for a few weeks. Actually, that's true. That's a good point. Just off the top of my head, in the only rucks that did well this week were rucks in the rain. Yeah. So more contests, more scrimmage, more hitouts uh, could be a good option, actually, if any of them are playing in the um, northern states. Might not be a little bad option for a sneaky VC there or particularly in draft legs if you're going that way. So interesting. Now, okay, so let's go through. If you are torn between Taranto and Walsh, which way are you going? 50-50? Well, Walsh, 100%. I, I was at the game. I'm a big Tigers man, as you know, Ben, and um, – yeah, and I was uh, messaging you before the game saying Walsh looks so good in the warm-up and that just continued throughout the day. Um, he's he's their number one man, as good as Patrick Cripps is as their captain, and that Walsh would just had it on a string. And I uh, can't wait to see what he actually does in wins. Yeah, I know. If he gets 120 up. and a loss, he's going to towel up. And and it really hurts me to say because you know that I you know, hate losing to Chris. Yeah, I'd almost concede it right now, but I'm like, it's almost like Chris... Uh, so Cripps is now like the facade. He is the he's the bulk and the show to take the pressure off. And like, hey, look over to the left while you know while um, you get raped on the right. You know, like it's this. Uh, that's a bad terminology. Sorry, everyone. But um, you know, I mean, like it's this whole facade where look over here, look at this big hulking man, and then Walsh just goes and sweeps and pickpockets you, and then runs off with the ball. It's, yeah, exactly. I think that's it, crazy, and he is good value for me. I was kind of on him, but it was one of those denial things where you're like, no, like she hasn't moved on, you know, no, she still mm-hmm. you know, likes me or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, no, I was just in denial. I think Walsh could push that one sort of, I, I, last time I was saying like maybe 110 at max, but I'm thinking he could definitely push like that 115. I think in his wins, he could definitely tail up. So I think Walsh yeah. for me as well. Taranto played a lot forward too, didn't he? 
He did, um, and that and that's the worry there because the way GWS will um, swap some of their mids around, you know, Kelly's always going to be a lock in there. But they, they've got to play their captain Canelio in the guts as much as possible. And when you've got young Tom Green who can't really play anywhere else, Hopper can't play anywhere else. Um, there's not much choice but to put Taranto forward and then have him rotating through. So um, as well as he scored on the weekend, I'm really off the Taranto pick. Yeah, I think that's probably helped by the wet weather and once the ball kind of goes forward, it gets you know, stuck forward a little bit more. Whereas in normal play, I think it'll get rebounded out a little bit more. Canelio was the surprising one, had a lot of CBAs. Kelly, not as many, but I'm not too surprised with that because – we spoke about like the the um, the McRae types and the Kelly types. I think with the outside game on the spread, Kelly's someone who can just get into around the ball if there's a stoppage and then spread out anyway. And I think the game could really suit him well. So I think that's a bit of an interesting one there. All right, so you've gone the Walsh train now. Say you have Dangerfield, you're not looking at going down, you don't have Real, you've got Danger. Would you go a any of those midfielders? assuming you can switch through, would you go a Dusty Martin or would you try and go through and try and pick up, you know, a McRae, a um, McRae, a Clary, Titch, Kelly, Merritt? Are you trying to pick up the one you've missed? Yeah, because I um, you are too, one of the 38% without Dusty at the moment. His ownership's already gone up 11% this week. Oh, wow. I told you. Him, him Walsh yeah. and Taranto are going up by... 20% well, each. So I've, got, so I've got it in front of me at the moment, and, yeah, it's, it's all dusty. Um, quite a few are jumping on both, which I just do not like. Oh, that's horrible. And the, and the reason I don't like it, his best two teams that he plays against are North Melbourne and Fremantle. If you go back his last two, three years, he's fouled them up. Um, so you've already missed that North Melbourne score. So now you're relying on Fremantle. Effort in this week, yes, but then – he'll naturally drop off. He drops off against a lot of the other teams because they have so many good players that can go through there and it's not all about about both. So, yeah, you've missed that score and that's why I kind of don't want to jump on Dusty at the moment because I was not starting him because I was expecting, you know, he'd go 100, maybe 105. But he's going to have games, especially this week that he's been in the news all week, um, that, you know, Hawthorne will go after him and, and not... They, Teams can't allow him to do what he did against Carlton or they're going to just face the heat of the media. So, yeah, I think if anything, teams have now, they've come into the new year, they've gone, oh, crap, this these rules will help Dusty. And Dusty, was he, he still played forward half. He didn't really go into defense, but he was definitely chasing. He was like the crash, um, the uh, what do you call it, the tow truck company, right? Anyone that had the ball, Dusty was kind of following contest to contest, trying to get the ball off whoever had it. There was like a tow truck company following people, hoping for an accident. He was just like, hand me the ball, hand me the ball, hand me the ball. Exactly. And I think people got to also remember Cotton was out and though Cotton doesn't have the super coach effect these days and that, he's a midfielder, pure midfielder. Um, and yeah, so that'll mean they can rest Dusty forward or, or play him, play around at the half forward flank more. Um, with Koch back looking likely this week. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's almost tempting to be the point of difference and not go with Dusty for me at the moment. I might bring in a Clary. I can afford it um, or a Titch. But again, Titch, I think he was slow starting. He only towed up because Essendon allowed him to. Two-thirds handballs doesn't suit me very well. But again, Titch does Titch things. So it's an interesting yeah, one. And he, does, he does. And the only question about him last year was the coming back um, from injury. But he's... Um, 
you know, we, we saw as the year went on, he's, he's formed, he's, he's, I think there was two or three weeks that he went 130. Um, you know, he's still can go those 160s. Um, and just does find a way to wrap them up. He does. And I think the back end of his year, he averaged close to 120, didn't he? Like, he definitely ramped it up. He, he did. He definitely did. Yeah. And, though, yeah, like the Tigers are usually not bad to score against in the midfield. Yeah, they got Geelong. But then after that, it's then it's Frio, Melbourne, Adelaide. I think they got North Melbourne and, and the Suns in there. So Mitch could have um, some really massive games. And we know how much of a fantasy piggy he is. And yeah. Just, yeah. So many possessions. And you know, North Melbourne, the Suns, no disrespect to sort of those lower teams, Adelaide. But yeah, you know, he, um, Tom Mitchell on his day, he could be going 40 touches. No, I agree. He is definitely a consideration. The only downside for me is he has the first buy. So I'm like, do I want to trade someone early that has the first buy? However, Danger had the first buy, so it kind of – Evens out, evens, the, out. Yeah, evens out the field a little bit. Um, all right, so his last question I'm going to go with now. Must have mid-prices and rookies. If you don't have them already, who are you sharpshooting? Just a handful. What's off the top of your head? Well, well one, for, if I can just touch on the last subject, and yeah, that, which yeah. if we haven't touched on him, because I, I know like Walsh is probably my number one choice. My number two is actually Brayshaw from Fremantle. Um, I love his role. I love their draw. Um, Freo have such a soft draw for the next seven, eight weeks. And I think it's him, Sarong are the two in the midfield. And then it's Mundy, Fife, Chera, sort of rotating around depending on the stage of the game. So, yeah, it's going to be, for me, for Dangerfield at the moment, it's going to be between, or Rao, it's going to be between Brayshaw and Walsh. And the, um, it's probably something a bit different, but. Um, yeah, it kind of, I guess it comes down like I, I, I still look at the whole season view and then look at um, my buy structure as well. And yeah, the as you were saying with Dangerfield before, it doesn't muddle up as Tom Mitchell, but I do, I'm a big fan of Brayshaw. Yeah, no, and again, I think he fits in with the, you know, the running carry types, the ones that are fit because previous years you know you you'd get you'd be able to get contest to contest which is why I think rucks are starting to struggle a little bit because in a fast paced game where it's not wet it's going past them quicker they're finding it harder to get to the next stoppage which is why coaches are now considering oh shit we might need some backup i mean even i think tom mcdonald from melbourne had some hit outs so he had about four yeah. or five hit outs because i think it's harder for these rucks to get to these contests now whether that changes. I mean, we all know big boys take a bit longer to get their match fitness up. They're bigger specimens. They take longer to, you know, get momentum, you know, running downhill, you know, the, the heavier boys will get there, but I think it's going to be interesting. And I, it's hard to say, I think some people are making rash decisions based on the start of the year. And we all know ruck starts slow. They've started slow for many years. Um, so it's an interesting one there. Well, it is, and, we, and you're right, we've seen the rucks, but we've also seen people, um, we've got to remember, just think about last year where we all jumped on to Viney or Howe or players like that because of one good score, um, and just can't jump the gun too early on some of these people. That If you weren't considering them pre-season, then I don't know why you jump on them now. Exactly. So you, what you're saying is Boke is the Viney of 2021. Absolutely, <laughs> he's better than Viney, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I've got a couple Port Adelaide mates probably testing me already on that. Going, well, what about what about Rockcliffe being emergency? That's the best thing as a as a former <laughs> Lions player that I've heard in a while. That's better than Polek playing at four clubs, which will probably be next year. 
Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I won't go into my, my comments about Polis. I might leave that for another day. Oh, it's okay. We're, we're off the cuff here. But um, <laughs> I do know, like, say, so say, um, so Matty Grimstone, now he has missed out on Zeeble. I think the important thing at the moment, if you don't have the Zeebs, uh, McDonald's out for a couple of weeks. Tarrant is now out and injured. So I think he is the only real major experience and extraction point at North at the moment. Oh, absolutely. And it was the, we were sitting at the London Tavern before the Richmond Carlton game. And I was big on Zeebel telling him to get in and he was telling me to get Dusty in. And we both did, didn't listen to each other's advice. And look how that worked out for both of us. But yeah, if you don't have Zeebel and at the moment 44% do, the other 56% of people should be um, doing everything they can to put him in this week. Well, it's definitely a roller coaster. I mean, Zeebel was on 16 at quarter time and I was like, what have I done? And you said, it's a long game. Next minute. Tails up. Do you know what I mean? Same thing happens in reverse. You see Dow gets like 50 at half time, and I'm like, what have I done? Next minute, he ends up on like 50. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a, uh, it's a, it's a funny game. That, that was one of the second, worst second halves of footy I've seen, and, that, he, uh, and the, only thing that, the only thing that outdid it was the 22 people that played for them. I was about to say that. I was just like, you know, he switched off, and – yeah, you know, he pulled an Essendon. <laughs> you beat me to it. I like that. I like that. So uh, interesting. Yes, yeah, so I think Zebul. I think is a must-have. I thought Impy now. So Impy actually had a pretty good role. Had a lot of ball. Butchered it a few times. Uh, he's someone. He should have got like an eighty on that. Um, I'm not sold on Impy. I think he could do worse. I think Warner could outscore him, which is yeah you know, quite upsetting. If you don't have Warner, I think he's a good option also. Yeah, um, well, I'm just going through a few of these percentages and having a look. It's Still shocks me that you know 40% jumped on Danaher, but yeah, uh, the you know Warner's only in 23% of teams. I like his role. Um, definitely rates himself with the haircut and those pink boots and that. So um, definitely get on get on him. Well, Fantasia, I'm not a fan of. He's going to go 100 this week, but after that, um, I actually, well the thing with Fantasia is I saw a few people jumping on him, and do remember Rosie will be back. Um, so why Rosie's out, he's going to probably score well, but then when, once Rosie gets back in, um, his role will be just forward pocket. Yeah, correct. And not only that, we saw with, you know, Rosie and a couple others playing blockages uh, for Dixon, etc. They play a real team game down there. I think in weaker opponents, he's going to do well, but you on the flip side, um, he's not going to score four goals every week. So you, he's going to absolutely spudge you up. But mind you, speaking of spuds, Motlop could be the one that actually makes way. Um, although he is a run and carry <laughs> type, so you know it's going to be interesting there. But well, I think hang on, so that, I think that's just for this week. But then because they play uh, West Coast and Richmond coming up after that, so I do expect to see the Rock Cliffs and those sort of players back in the lineup for those bigger games. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that also would uh, influence Boak uh, with having you know Rockcliffe etc. a little bit more around him. So I think it's interesting now. Golden, I think if you don't have him. Golden, uh, I think you need him. I think you need Raul if you don't have him. Flynn, if you messed up somehow as your R3, you could probably wait a week on some of those. But if you're missing multiple, you kind of need to start now. I think Barry yeah, actually... And, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's with me with Jordan. Like, I can wait another week on Jordan. And that, but I've just got to... That's where my thinking is, where I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I've got the cash in case someone like Dow, for example, does well. Um and I, and I don't have that loophole option, I might have to still go up like a McNeil to Jordan, which is going to cost me 22000 Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm going to make sure I've got that so I'm not burning a second trade just to get a rookie in. 
Yeah, no, I'm thinking something similar with, you know, Barry. I thought Barry was impressive, mind you. He tackled hard, he ran hard, he, he missed a couple of targets, but I th- actually think they oh, kind first, of – I think he was really oh, good. I, yeah, thought, I, I thought they good. really rated him. He was he was killing it early and then slowed off, but I think he'll be better for the run. Um, Powell showed some good things, but, again, I think just that first game nerves just, I think, rushed it a little bit, so he'll get better. Braun actually was on, like, zero for so much of the game, and I was just like, what an absolute muppet. Wet game, though, as a forward is always hard for your first game. But he actually really worked into it, and he was quite pivotal in the second half and managed to get to a 48, which I was really happy with considering where he started. Um, yeah, and I agree with Braun. I see something like I'm still more happy with Eli Smith this week if he gets named, and where it might be a slow start in the rain, but hopefully he'll come into the game. But it's always going to be the case with small forwards, and we and you guys talked about it all preseason. Um, you know, rookie small forwards, especially in poor teams, are going to always struggle. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually thought Scott was really good as well um, for for the dogs. Um, a little, yeah, butchered a little bit, but I thought he actually provided some real good options there and could have easily gone if everything works out well in a game for some of these players, if they connect to their kicks, they could easily hit 80 plus and, you know, go up in points. They're getting enough ball. They're just not silky enough yet. And I'm hoping they just get to work out what it takes at the level. Cause everything's quicker. You have less time, less time obviously puts more pressure on your disposals. So I think they just got to work that out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. My, my advice going forward would be making sure you've got the North, the Adelaide, um, and your, your sort of Swannies, rookies for that because their job security is always going to be higher because you expect them to be lower on the ladder um, where they're going to try to pump games in the kids. My only worry being a McNeil owner is one bad game or Scott one bad game, it's going to be, they're going to be out the door because the dogs should be contending this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, McNeil more than Scott. I think Scott provided a bit more value. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Although the injury to, who was it that got injured in, at the dogs, the defender? Specky McGee, what's his name? Um, yeah, was, oh, yeah, I can't think of his name, but that does provide a little bit of security for some of those backs. I think um, JJ will probably come back into that mix now as well, which could help them uh, add a bit of speed and dash, but it always helps when you win. So, you know, like Kaziski and Brockman, etc. they won the game, so generally there's less pressure on them because you win, and I think it's going to be probably a little bit more of the same. So... I agree. I think if you have uh, missing multiples of Rao, of Golden, of uh, Golden Scott, um, you know, Barry, et cetera, and, you know, looking at um, Jordan, if you're missing multiple, I think you might want to actually start making some corrections early if your rookies are completely shit. If, you, if you're missing both Golden and Rao and you are missing one of those good rookies, no harm in taking a little hit. And they showed last week that it's not even a hit because they have scored some of the better premiums. Correct. But going one up, one down, and having that, there's no problems having that cash for the week after. And then jumping on, because then you get a second game sample size, and then jumping on maybe one of the premiums you like. Um, so, yeah, that's one way of looking at it as well. Yeah, I agree. And if you're sitting pretty like um, some of us are, we've got, because that's why I think guns and rookies mostly for me, I end up just putting rookies on field. I ended up trying to go with Braun over Barry just because 59, I was like, after the surprises of, you know, Flynn and, and you know, Goulden, et cetera, you're kind of like, well, fuck it. You know, 59, I'll just take the risk and hopefully Braun does well. And then the first half, I was just like, I've just cost myself 50 points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you just take that risk and you don't know. You see three games from these rookies, you get a better idea on who's on field and who's not. But it's always the risk you play. 
Yep, and that's what I was saying to you. It's a long season, so there's always going to be ups and downs especially for these rookies. So you know, you've got to you've got to ride it out, and and that's my main advice when people ask me, and I get a few people sending me their teams or asking for advice, and it's just like, just be patient. Don't be, you know, don't jump out and start trading out your Grundies and stuff this week because that's just silly, you know. You know. Um, next week, you know, Flynn could score 30 and, and Grundy could score 120. So you've just got to be patient, ride these first couple of weeks until clubs get used to the new rules and, and just getting their match fitness up. Yeah, I agree. I actually think Gorn's going big this week, so... Um, you know, generally, and I think even Lockie Neal, I think these better players, it's, you know, almost a hit on their, um, credentials and, you know, some players are really, they, they play with pride, particularly, you know, captains or, you know, Brownlow medalists. I think he's going to, I think, uh, Neil's going to be real proud this week. And I think he's going to come out there and absolutely try and towel up and play to the best of his ability, especially Neil after a loss, I'm probably going VC Neil into Gorn. I can't see yeah, going, going moment, any better. At the moment, I was just going to ask you about that. And at the moment, I've got Neil into Gorn. The only other option I was looking at is Gorn into McRae. That was my um, other option as well. McRae loves Marvel. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's the only two real options. A few have been saying, oh, Grundy to bounce back. Pitten is actually a good defensive ruckman. So I expect Grundy to probably go about 90 this week um, because Pitten and and it will just try to limit his ability around the ground. Um, but And that's the same. If Grundy does go for the 90 to 100 this week, once again, don't jump off because there'll be bigger weeks to come. But yeah, for your, for your VC, you've got to have Gorn as either your VC or your captain this week. Yeah, no, I think they're, they're the two things I'm considering. Uh, um, for me, I can't see Gorn going lower than 100. Do you know what I mean? If, if um, Flynn can go 140, and not only that, Hunter from that was actually splitting his ruck time with McKernan, and I think Gorn's going to tell them both the fuck up, you know, more than normal. Yeah, the only other one, if you, if you for whatever reason, you're one of the people that can have Neil or Gordon at, um, you could always look at VC uh, Lloyd or Led this week, especially Lloyd, and that is, you know, against the Crows, I can see him going really well. But yeah, you hopefully you've got one of those Neils, McCrays, or Gorns, and yeah, they'll do the job this week. That's true. Even Mills could go well against Adelaide this week. Man, why didn't I put Mills in my side over Ryan? Yeah, and we talked about it so much as well. It's the frustrating so thing. For the listeners of that, Ben, myself, Chris, and, and another mate of ours, Primo, um, we do have a lot of <laughs> spending probably a bit too much of our time chatting away about uh, oh, teams and that. And, man. If we, and, I was, and I was flicking through our messages well, earlier today and going, we were talking about, yes, Mills Walsh, Mills Walsh and that. So then, of course, we're like, no, let's go, Lloyd. Let's, you know, we've got to be safe here and that. Well, I was going to go Lloyd, but even then, I think 70% of my teams actually had Lloyd, Laird, and Mills as my three. And then when I was talking about bringing an extra one in, I was always going Stewart or um, Ridley. And I was preferring Stewart for some weird reason. It, it's interesting. And then when he got concussed, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, why bring in someone who's concussed? Because if they get one more hit, they're out for two weeks. And, you know, it could actually pay off in the end. But then, you know, round one, I was like, oh, like, you know, fuck it. No one's got Luke Ryan. He can actually really tail up disposals. And then next minute he goes 84. And then Mills just tails up. And again, midfielders, more consistency. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think wet weather just helped Mills for sure. 
It did, and it's going to help him this week. But as you said, and that's the reason I also didn't pick him because of the concussion. Round three, he gets concussed. He's out for two weeks. You're in the same situation we are with Dangerfield now anyway. So that's the whole thing about not being too reactional about one good score. If they start putting two or three up, then, yeah, definitely jump on. But for now, um, you know, all that pre-season research a lot of people do, don't throw it out. Yeah, because of one round. I know people considering no, like people they haven't actually had in their teams all year. At least with you know Mills and everyone else, we we already did the research. They were already preference like you know preferable to us. We just kind of went a slightly different way. And then sometimes you're like, fuck, you know, I want to bring this person in, and at least you've already had them in your side and you know what it looks like. I think that's interesting. Um, Swiss, thanks very much. I got I got to get moving. I got to call George. Chris just messaged me saying his plans are falling through, and do I want a podcast? So uh, <laughs> I was just like, dude, it's same same reasoning, right? It's like, and I saw someone who actually said it this: don't chase the scores because it's like a dog chasing a car. You fucking, you never get there. Yeah, so exactly. and like no, Chris thanks, tonight, thanks. trying to chase a podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now thanks for having me on, Ben, and uh, you you boys do a great job in that, and um. Yeah, no, I, I hope uh, the listeners take this advice on and, uh, and happy super coaching for everybody. Mate, I'm sure they do. You and um, Grimo are veterans and I take your advice highly. So, it's, look, lovely debut to you, Swizz. And I know we we speak about you all the time on the podcast, but it's nice for some of the listeners to actually hear your voice. No, no, and, and it's great. And, um, and I uh, yeah, appreciate being part of it and that. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to get up there to Queensland, sunny Queensland at some point. And um, actually do do a show of you in person. Well, you mean get up here except for a time where Richmond beat Brisbane at the Gabba and I see you outside. <laughs> yeah. You mean one of those good times. times. Good, time, good times drinking before that game, I must admit. Yeah, that was good. All right, mate, I'll leave you to it, hey, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Take care, buddy. All right, mate, bye. Alrighty, bang, bang, bang. Gee, he has some great insight, not going to lie, and they're usually – Matt and Swizz, so Grimo and Swizz are our sounding board for Chris and myself. They watch a lot of football. They actually get to a lot more games than we do, which is kind of upsetting uh, personally because we like to actually, you know, watch a lot of games, but they get to them and they have some really good insight. That's why I also think, like, Chris has – he's really opinionated. Chris goes off on tangents, but his insight and what he actually notices in games is invaluable. I look a lot more statistics – but then when Chris actually talks about strategy and what they're doing and how they're structuring up, these are like the things that I miss. And I think having a group of friends that you can talk to and where they spot different elements of games, I think are invaluable. And it's no wonder that coaches have assistance and all the rest of it, you know, kicking off. So I think that's really helpful there. Uh, all right. I'm going to just ring George here and do a little shout out for George. <clears throat> See if George is there. And then Chris. Chris is available, so he can he can help us with our uh, Houston Chris has a problem scenario where Chris had McDonald's out, brought in Houston, and Houston completely shut the bed. So um, just waiting for George if he's there. Hang on, it sounds like he's here. How are you, boys? George, oh, it's just me, mate. Chris um, Chris pulled out. Um, oh, let, let's, oh, not, no. let's not make a pull-out joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> but And now he's available and saying, hey, you know, can we podcast? And we're saying it's, you know, I was just talking to Swizz, uh, one of our, our favorite listeners, and talking about it's like, you know, trying to chase – you're trying to, um, you know, chase a dusty score or chase a boke score. It's like a pit bull chasing a, a you know, um, garbage truck down the street. You're never going to get there. No. Um, yeah, the interesting ones, boke is a 
Yeah, it's chasing hard with Boak. Chasing? With Dusty, it's it's an interesting one because we're not sure what level he's at this year. Well, Um, I think what is helping is that COVID means Dusty can't go on a piss you know, a piss-bent tour for four or five weeks overseas. He has stayed more locally. He actually looks fit, and I think the rules might even help him, which is concerning in a good way. Yeah, well, he knows that there's no Vegas at the end of the year, so he doesn't have a lot to look forward to, so he wants to to focus this year. Um, With Dusty, I think – I don't have Dusty, and it was pretty hard to watch on um, Thursday night it was. I'm thinking the play here is I don't have him. I've those points are gone. He needs like there's no way he doesn't get tagged like pretty soon. We saw a few plays get tagged. I think like Shaw and Steele got tagged this week on Fox Footy today. Uh, I think it was yeah, it was today. They were saying yeah, are they going to reintroduce tags because it's more let's focus on like the team aspect, uh, team defense, and more focus on. Like individual players, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's well, harder. That's what David King was saying. Yeah, it's harder, uh, harder to team defense when the ball comes in so quick as well. Whereas normally they kind of stack up and then have their everything all set. So I think tags actually could come back into fruition. I mean, Zach Merritt killed the first half, and then Hawks. Put, yeah, he, yeah, he put, he went to him, and then all of a sudden limited his his effect. And if only Essendon actually read that playbook and put someone on Titch, then they might have actually won the game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, Dusty could definitely get some attention and round one's a great example on how impactful he can be. Yeah, I won't be chasing Dusty. I don't really have a way to get him in. But I, I, and you're kind of hoping a little bit that he doesn't go off too much. But I just think it's inevitable that he gets tagged at some point and then we just wait it out for a bit. So did you have Raul or Dangerfield or both? Fortunately, I have neither. Oh, that's great. So I'm, uh, I have, uh, my week is completely open. I do need a rookie correction. But apart from that, um, so which, yeah, I don't have to deal with that. Which, is, which, which rookie did uh, you miss? Oh, I missed uh, James Jordan. So, okay. yeah, I just wasn't sure if he was good or not. No, no, me, me Bergen, too. Bergen, I, I, thought, yeah. I thought his job security was completely shit until – he did really well. Uh, I think someone likened him to Simon Black, and then Harms is now oh, Harms has now broken his wrist or something, which I think actually increases his security. So now he is a must-have. Whether that's this week, if you're sitting pretty, you could probably even wait a week. Yes, the thing is, I need to see how Grundy goes on is it Thursday or Friday night. One of the two. I know it's tomorrow. It's Thursday, uh, Thursday yep. night. So yeah, yep, yep. We'll evening. see how Grundy Grundy goes, and if Grundy convinces me that he's not going to bleed too much, um, I just want to leave my options open for trading the ruck. I I think there's ninety percent chance I hold in the rucks, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think definitely boy, I would rather wait a week because I've got to figure out which rookie to get rid of because I have uh, McNeil and Bergman who are a little bit dodgy right now, so I don't know which one of them. Um, holds their spot and it, it could be up to their performance this week. Yeah, that makes so I'm sense. I'm happy. So I'll wait that one out. Um, but yeah, back to Rao and Dangerfield. Uh, yeah, really tough spot. It is, I think Dangerfield might be a blessing out because Tom Mitchell's right there. Um, Rao's a really tough, a really tough one. Um, did you have both or one? Especially, I, I had Dangerfield, but I also had. Because I was going to, um, I was just talking before, I was going to go like Taranto, but I ended up going with Caldwell and I have 107K in the bank. So I've got Dangerfield plus 107,000. I can literally take him to anyone. 
Um, so I'm thinking about Clary. I'm thinking about Titch. Um, that's my spot. I'm actually in a pretty good spot. And I've got all rookies again except for Jordan. So I'm actually in a good spot there. Um, we're just recommending before that if you're missing uh, any of those key players, as, you know, as far as Goulden or Rowe, Ro, um, then you want to make sure yeah. yeah, Rowe, you want to make sure you bring them in. Uh, and then I guess for everyone else, you know, like Barry and Scott, et cetera, they're kind of a wait and see anyway. I think Warner again, a wait and see, but he, he looked really good. Uh, Highmore. So if you're missing multiples, you're going to have to trade this week. Whereas otherwise, I think, yeah, as you said, you could be aggressive or you could wait and see and sit for a week if you're sitting pretty. Yeah, I definitely wait a week if you can. I, obviously, if you have no, it, half of it is like you obviously need to get some of these guys in. For example, you don't have Gordon or Flynn. They need to come in. Yep. Um, but at the same time, you've got to figure out which rookie to get rid of. If you have like Ollie Henry, then you just piss him off this week. Oh, I've got Henry. Um, <laughs> oh, really? I'll, I'll probably wait a week just because um, I'll think about he's, bringing Jordan in for he's him. He's not playing, but, though. No, I, I know he's not playing, but again – do you know what I mean if you bring in like knowing my luck, I'll I'll bring in um, Jordan and then he'll get injured. You know what I mean? So it's that's one another of, thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those ones where it can't hurt to wait and see. Um, yeah, for that one, it looks like Chapman might be getting a gig. Now we're going to ask your opinion here. So with if you were without um, Raul and you had fifty k, would you go Walsh over Toronto? Yeah, I would. Um, actually, interesting on Fox Footy time, they were saying that um, that they should play. Uh, teams should tag Walsh over Crips now, which I kind of agree with. And we haven't really seen Walsh get tagged, and then maybe we're putting too much focus into tags. Um, I would be going Walsh. I don't trust Taranto. I thought last I didn't like what he his form last year, and while it looks like he's getting back to his best, um, I believe his forward time was quite high on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was. I think it was like 70s. Uh, it was in my group chat. He oh, played, really? Yeah, he played a lot of forward. Still had some CBAs, but then pretty much went forward uh, after that. So it was interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I don't like Taranto either. Uh, I think he did well because of the wet weather game. He's not someone that I'm completely sold on. And everyone keeps talking up how good his game was. And I'm like, cool, keep talking him up and keep getting those transfers over because his yeah. disposal is generally shit anyway. Um, yeah, 57. Yeah, exactly, which is why he's always limited. He is not the 110 to 115 player. If you no. bring him in, he's not going to be top 10. You know, he's a he's a gap filler at best. It's not fantasy. I think Taranto, you know, looks good, but he, he teases. Well, I look at my team and I think, like, I need to bet against some players here. So, like, a lot of people that I did well this week have Taranto. So I'm, I'm going to like pretty much like I'm not jumping on now. I didn't start him for a reason. Yep. I'm betting that he doesn't, he hurts those owners a little bit at some point, whether it's just, you know, subpar, be just like even a hundred is a decent return for him. But um, with more forward time, it could be lower than that. I'm not sure. I'm still getting a read on Toronto, but yeah, I'm betting that he doesn't do too well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, Dusty Martin's gone up 11% this week. Folks going up 7.3%, 9,534 fucking Muppets out there. Bailey yeah. Smith, I can understand if you're looking at, you know, the, the running, the run and carrying types do well, but that's not a, it's a one game sample. Bailey Smith had yeah. great games last year and then followed it up with sixties. It's, it's not a trend yet. It's a, it's a, it's a glimpse. Uh, whereas at least Titch, you kind of know he, he's probably going to rack up and still score relatively well hundreds for a low game up you know, into the high 170s if he, if he completely goes ham. Uh, it, it's interesting. And now my concern is that Taranto, Walsh, 
all these people that are going to jump off Dangerfield and they're going to jump off Raul are likely going to Dusty Martin if they don't have him, Taranto or Walsh. Or, yeah, as, as mean, we can see, 9,530 Muppets have gone with Boak. So, you know. Yeah, with Boak, he had like a really poor um, like five-week stretch last year. It was like 80 average or something like that. Um, and I, I always don't like starting with players over 30. And Boak's like 32. It just gets, I don't know. I just don't like it. Just historically, they don't do as well as the guys in better age brackets. That's my view. I agree. Um, and it's easy to do well at the start of a year when you're rolled, but you put full seasons in for, you know, 23 rounds and they'll probably want to even try and get him ready and save him a bit for finals. I think he's someone who could definitely taper off. Yeah. So I wouldn't look at Boak. Um, there's a few young guns in there, like the next gen mids that are just interesting, but I just feel like I want to wait him out. Like Bailey, I love Bailey Smith. The inside mid roll was not there. He kicked two goals. Did he even get one twenty? I can't remember. He did well, um, but the problem is he he shares a lot of the pie with you know. You look at oh, even, yeah. even Trelaw had an entry level game. So if Trelaw goes big the next game, is Bailey Smith going to go lower because Trelaw played more outside anyway? So it, it's an interesting one yeah. for me. I think Smith's a danger because you're you're looking at so many quality players at the Dogs. Right, whereas you look at Brayshaw, Brayshaw is number one for Fremantle. Yeah. He's number one on the inside, same thing, he's fit. And then you look at Walsh again, fit. He, I'd actually say Walsh is probably more the number one, even though it pains me to say, um, at Carlton, which is probably why he would get tagged. If someone can keep up with him or whether they run two players on and off to try and actually just counter him, um, whether he's going to be able to overcome it like Ablett did, but he's going to have to learn at some point when he gets more attention than Cripps because Cripps has been kind of holding, um, you know, holding the shield and taking a lot of the pressure. So it's going to be interesting if everyone starts turning their attention to Walsh, then what does Cripps do? Or maybe Cripps gets it and butchers it. You know, who knows? Yeah. I think we still get a, need to get a read on how much tagging is going to happen this year. I remember last year, Bond got tagged for six or eight weeks. And then he got, I don't think he got tagged once after that. Um, this is an observation. Maybe tagging um, eases up later in the season. I don't know. Um, this is going to be so much attention right now. So, we'd, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about Walsh. I'd be happy to pick him. Brayshaw is an interesting one because his points per minute were pretty high last year. Yeah, his draft profile, the first thing you read is he's high endurance. And we never – that never um, – Factored in like last his time year. On ground, sure. It never really factored into his time on ground, which is yeah. weird. But this year, it's actually okay. I think it's like – 79.80, and it was similar in the Marsh game. Yeah, I think that's uh, good. Brayshaw is an interesting one. I, his CBA is sometimes just very – like last year they were just high and like mid, if that makes sense, a fair bit. I think they just give him a lot of CBAs this year. I'm not exactly sure. That was a little bit annoying last year. Because um, like, towards the end of the year, it was like 160, 160. Yeah, um, no, but I, I agree. Not a pre-season for him. Now inside mid, I don't mind it. I, I just feel it's. I think there's like there's six big dogs that are just like that, that will be there, and there's a, you can put a blank over a few others. Um, For me, I think Brayshaw's the ty- the kind of type who could pull kind of like a McRae did back in the day, where he gets like a 107. It's nice, but it's not the best. Do you know what I mean it's not standard yeah. worthy? Where it's kind of like good enough, but then it's not as consistent. Where you actually hit that 115 sort of bracket where you want them. Uh, it's that kind of glimpse before he actually starts tailing up, and I think it is, you know, not a bad little option there. 
we, yeah, we're just not sure on the ceilings of these guys just yet. We, I know we've seen a bit from Walsh last year, but like even like McGrath, like what's his ceiling like? He played a bit of wing in the, in the Amy game. I don't remember, don't know what his CBAs were this game. So it's like, yeah, with these younger guys, um, you're just kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but right now, if you're looking at like 500k options and you've got Clark in defence, you can swing Clark in and go for a defender if you want. And whether that's like whoever you don't have at like Ridley, Daniel, or Stewart, or um, maybe you like Mills. Mills is probably a bit more risky. Yep, yep. Um, I'd, I'd be looking at those guys over – would I look at those guys over Walsh? I don't know. I actually probably would just because there's a bit more certainty. Um, but, yeah, Walsh is a – I think he's a fantastic pick nonetheless. So he'd yeah, probably, no, I, I probably be my guy at that price in the midfield. I agree. But I think, my only yeah. concern is he goes from like 10% owned to possibly higher – uh, although it looks like a lot of people are kind of jumping sideways, uh, I think maybe some of the rail owners haven't even queued on yet that um, you know who they're going to. But I mean, Tom Mitchell's gone up four point eight percent. He's gone from four percent to eight point eight percent in a week, and I think that's a lot of the danger field because of how many rookies were forward mid, and you had your Campbells and everyone else forward mid, or they started a, a Dunkley in the midfield like I did. They have that flexibility to bring in a midfielder, and Titch comes out with a real big score. Slightly underpriced, and they're like, sweet, 610K, I'm going to jump on that because it's basically the same price. I think Danger was 611. Yeah, it's an easy swap. I had four mid-forwards in my midfield, so I just had them everywhere. So I liked a few values and picks in the forward line. Um, yeah, it, I think you just I think you just thought with Tom Mitchell. The thing with Mitchell is like, I think he got scaled really hard. I didn't actually watch the game, but from what it looked like, the 17 touches in the third quarter when the game they all started coming back into the game. Um, yeah, pretty yeah. impressive from Tom Mitchell. So that well, probably got a lot of his scoring up. But we know he's capable. He got thirty nine touches. We know he's gonna. He's probably um, low to mid thirties. He's very capable. And another thing with Mitchell is, even though he had the shoulder surgery, which was quite a long time ago, and it sounds like they eased him in. It's the it's the broken leg effect. I, it sounds like he's over that now. He made a comment today about you know he's got a bit more power in his legs that he didn't have last year. Well, I wish he would I kick mean, it more because he's, he's he two thirds yeah. hand, two thirds handballs, and I'm like, mate, you have that many disposals, and I think he had like 28 handballs and 11 kicks or something. Like it was just stupid. Although That's his game though, yeah. Although mind you, I guess if you looked at a Hawthorne forward line, you might want to handball it sideways too. So you yeah, know, uh, it's interesting, and I do feel you know what you're saying there. So I think it's it's interesting. Um, Titch did do really well in the back end of last year. So for you, if you have Dangerfield and you could go to a midfielder, you'd pit what Titch over as a price point over, say, like a Josh Kelly, over a Merritt if you had 10K in the bank? Merritt's an interesting one. So he got shut down, but I think we all like Merritt's got more. Brunton's playing in more midfield this year. Um, I think that's because they don't want to lose him. They're keeping him happy. Um, that's just random comment. But, no, no, um, I agree. Merritt, Contract um, contract year two, so he's going to want to be improving. I actually watched this game. Um, meant to go to the Lions game live, and the baby was absolutely cracking the shits, did not sleep. Oh so no. the partner was like, are you going to the game with this look? As in, like, you better fucking not go to this game. And um, so I chose not to go, keep the missus happy, make sure baby's all right. And then they both slept, which was kind of a blessing in a way because then I could watch the game, start watching the Lions game, and at least – I was at home where you could watch the Lions absolutely start to obliterate themselves and go, fuck this, I'm watching the Hawks and Essendon game, which was actually a really yeah. good game. So the the tale of two halves. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, they, yeah, I don't Titch, know how they lost that one. Titch just started no. dominating and they paid no attention to him at all. I mean, Caldwell was tackling well, but everyone else like Shield, McGrath, et cetera, were just, you know, too busy trying to get the ball. And even when they lost it, I think they were all set up on the attacking side of a contest and they just got fucked from behind once they turned it over. So, yes. It looked like Rutten was watching a movie instead of coaching. Um, just see, he looked a bit, didn't know what to do on the bench. So a few comments about that in the media. I didn't actually see the game. Um, but from what it sounds like, Merritt was cooking in the first half and just, yeah, with the attention. Yeah, I think the rules, um, rules are set up off. to help him for sure. So Merritt and McRae are the two. Maybe Josh Kelly as well. Kelly stresses me out though. Like <laughs> I'm so precious with injuries. I took Stewart out in the last second because he had a groin injury last year and he had a um, minor quad issue. So I'm that precious. I'm sure you know, minor stuff is fine. But um, that's why Josh Kelly just stresses me out too much. But I think he'll score well. It was a wet game for Kelly. So it's like that's not his game um, against the Saints. Yeah, it was definitely definitely wet. Better. Although he was on he was on like 93 near three-quarter times. So he was actually killing it in the wet. And then I think he must have got faded out or – um, you know, didn't actually have the greatest last quarter, but he was set up to go 120 and just kind of faded. So it didn't have that many CBAs for Josh Kelly, but he is someone who in a dry game would absolutely towel up. But once again, his ceiling is high. His base is actually still quite high. He didn't have the best game. He, you know, chipped in here and there and, and really did link up and do a few good things. But, you know, he could improve from that for sure. I think he's a dry weather player for sure. And once they get it on the spread, I think those kind of types, you know, your McCrae's, um, your Josh Kelly's could absolutely dominate. And Merritt, I think, could actually yeah, come into that mix. The inside-outside guys. Mostly like they play inside, but they get a lot outside. Yeah. Kelly's so, a bit more outside. But I don't think it's going to hurt too bad this year. This year's probably outside production is a little bit up. Um Speaking of outside production, what about uh, Stevenson from North Melbourne? Now, are you on the Stevenson train or are you like he is way overhyped and they're missing too many players? I only saw the first half and he was like not, he, on the – like in the first quarter, he was on like nine touches. He was just everywhere. Yeah, I think he so ended up with 10 or 11. We know his talent is really high. Yeah. But I have two issues with this. I have like three issues actually. I think it's two. Um, firstly, um, sport last year was VFL standard. Um, but we know his talent is there, so that's kind. Of, that still bothers me a little bit. Um, but yeah, he looks really good. Um, a few North players are coming back, and one thing I noticed: I played the first practice game, he played forward. The second game, he played a bit more midfield. But I think they've trained him in the midfield. But at any point in time, there's that threat there that he can go forward. Now it seems a no-brainer, right, to use him in his current role because just the way he's playing. But it doesn't mean that the threat of him playing more forward isn't there. Um, 350K, uh, not really, no. Yeah, it it's, can it's, it's work. a tough it one. It can but work, but I don't know if it will work. Me, me either, like, and I think the outside run really helps the fact that he is an outside kind of dashy, uh, flexible player. Now, being flexible, you said about how he played forward in the Amy series and then didn't actually do that great. This game did awesomely, and he was more impressive than I care to admit. But again, there's no Anderson wasn't in, Cunnington wasn't in, Dumont also wasn't in. And that's also my counter for people saying LDU. And I was big on LDU in the preseason. I was like, he's due for a breakout. And I still think he is. Yeah. But again, no um, 
Anderson, who averaged awesomely, no Cunnington, who was injured, no Dumont. Now those three come back in and then all of a sudden it's like, well, does someone else push outside and then push Stevenson forward, etc. So it's a doubt. It's very possible and that's, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like Tom Phillips. I have Tom Phillips and like his mid-time in the midfield was like 50% in the Amy series and then it went down to like 10%. I thought it would be a bit more than that, but that's just the – it's one thing to hope and think that something's going to happen. It's another of what actually happens. No, I so, agree. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think he probably holds that role and just it gets reduced a little bit with other players coming back. Yeah. I always thought Phillips was the outside anyway, and I thought the outside role could possibly help, but due to be seen. Uh, anyway, so, George, mate, thank you for coming on. There's a little quick one. Where can everyone find you, George? Uh, George Supercoach YouTube channel. Um, yeah, just do weekly videos, probably two or three. Do streams every now and then. So it comes out low, leave a comment if you want. I'll reply to all of them. Uh, also on Twitter, George Supercoach and Facebook. So come find me there. And yeah. Wonderful. And you are very active. You post more YouTube videos than most people that I know. So I think you're doing very well there. Thanks for having you on, George, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Ben. I hope the babies are happy and healthy and I'll see you soon. Well, everyone's asleep right now except me, so everyone's happy. I was actually, funny, quick side note, I was telling my mates, I said, I need to take up golf. And everyone's like, why do you need to start playing golf again? I said, because then you get five to six hours of fucking bliss. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to, I need, you know, obviously I'm joking. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm like five to six hours of quiet. I'm like, yeah, I think I might start playing golf again. I've got the clubs. i got the spirit. So um, yeah. all right, mate, I'll catch you later. All right, Bruce. See ya. Howdy, bye. Alrighty, George there. Now, quick. So if, this is a little bit of a long podcast, guys. Obviously, I understand that. We are trying to keep it to an hour or under, even 40 minutes to an hour, generally speaking. Uh, a little bit harder, some repetition because we're talking to different people. However, I think the key thing is, is getting different opinions of people who are worthy. Now, instead of queuing them into what everyone's saying, these are fresh, these are raw opinions. It's not repetitive where you cue them to say, this is what we're doing, this is what to say. So that's why there is some repetition, but hopefully it helps you that two people are backing up the same story, two people have the same views. So that's why I wanted to do it with this raw way today and impromptu, the show must go on. Speaking of the show must go on, let's go and catch up with Chris. Let's call the Teddy Meister if I can find him. Here we go. And we'll see what he has to say for himself about Houston. We have a problem. Let's see if he picks up. I want to try and find Chris's team while we talk. I'll take this. He better answer. I'm going to kill him if he doesn't. Oh, he's sending me a different number. That would be right. I've got to find it. What? What's going on? He does has his work number with him or something. Must be other phone, he says. My gosh. He must have a black phone like a rugby league player. One of those blacklist phones. All right, here we go. This sounds much better. So raw. Hello. Teddy. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. Thank you for coming on, Chris, mate. Uh, missed your face. Uh, yes, it's been a, been a few days, actually. You know, life gets in the way, and uh, you, you know all too well, my friend. I do, mate. you got to swing with the punches. Now, we, we've captioned this game, uh, so this week, obviously, danger, danger, danger. And we've <laughs> yep. gone with uh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> 
Well, uh, let's uh, let's start off with danger because I think you're in danger this week, in danger of losing two bets to me, I think. Oh, you asshole. Oh, you're going to leave with that one. Well, hang on, oh, hang yes. on, hang on. McCluggage is actually more suited to these conditions this year. It's just that Brisbane has such a shit game that um, – that's as bad as I've ever seen McCluggage, to be honest. And I will agree. I've tweeted. I've even spoken at Walsh this week about how, <laughs> how how good he looks now. Mind you, Cripps was actually out averaging him at halftime, but he fell over himself and ran out of legs. So Walsh will not, never do that. Yeah, I think the um, uh, definitely the longer quarters uh, is going to help um, Walsh and hinder Cripps early in the season. Um, but, you know, I knew that before selecting him, so I suppose, you know, beggars can't be choosers, and it's not your fault. Um, Duff is just better than uh, than McCluggish. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a 32 and 36-point uh, margin at the, at the, after round one. That's uh, it's not, a, not a bad thing at all. You're an asshole. I'm actually hoping that Walsh gets tagged and then Cripps goes absolutely massive. And you know that Cripps is about to play Brisbane and go 190 at some point soon. <laughs> Doesn't he do that in a half against you boys? I think it was. I think it was a half. Now, now I'm just finding your team, Chris. And yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can move it over. Let me have a look if everyone can have a look. We can ooh, we can see your team. There we go. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. Yes. So, um, obviously, the biggest thing that happened to me last week, I got a little bit um, – uh, I suppose shit in the groin. Um, so L Max laid out. I was actually very hungover. I woke up at six a.m. No, I lie. I went to bed at six a.m. on Sunday morning um, from having a very big night on the Terps, and uh, I didn't wake up until five to one. And lucky for our followers out there, I had an inbox that said, like in capital letters, L Max laid out, and I'm like, shoot. So I immediately um, went went for a trade, and Houston was the really only option that I had to go to. So I've traded Houston. Look, to be fair, he didn't play terribly, but I never picked him to start the season as someone that could be a top eight defender. Um, I agree. And I actually, we have a a community. So all of our leagues, uh, our league codes where people are versing us, they are, we have a, like a little community team, which is a bit of a combination of Chris and myself for schnitz and giggles. We actually had Elmec in that too. And I brought in Duggan like a fucking rook. Uh, so this week we're actually making corrections in our community league. We are getting rid of Danger. We are yep. getting rid of Duggan and we are going Callum Mills and Sammy Walsh to represent. Well, it's definitely on my line of thinking. I think there's five clear standout options um, for for someone like Danger. Um, uh, look, the first is obviously pitch, obvious reasons. You know, I think the only reason that he's not in people's teams right now is that we all thought he was going to start slow with having no preseason. He comes out and bangs out at 135. Thanks very much for that pitch. Thanks, Essendon. Um, yeah, thanks, yeah, well, thanks to Essendon as well. And look, they're obviously not going to have yeah, games where they come back by 40 points um, too often. Um, and he apparently he was really big in the, in the last quarter, which is uh, why he got so much I points. Think 17 in the third. I, was, I ended up watching that because I couldn't make the Lions game because of baby. So I ended up switching off the Lions rabble piece of shit that they were playing. And... <laughs> Managed to switch across to the good game, and the good game was Hawthorne coming from behind, which is always a good spot to be. That's <laughs> it. There's nothing, nothing better than watching it ring. Am I right or am I right? Oh, I know, yeah. So, watching someone come from behind, it's a nice warm feeling you get inside. 
<laughs> oh Jesus! Even they're not even facing each other, and it's still I can see that cheeky laugh of yours. Oh, um, um, let's not be too, too um, descriptive. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so uh, so Titch obviously number one, um, and then Dunkley I, I think is probably the second best. Uh, the thing with Dunkley is there's still obviously a question mark over Dunkley because of Trelaw. Now, what we did here in the post game match, a post match from Trelaw, was that he still hasn't really learnt all of the, um, the centre bounce rotations and uh, practices, so they're still getting time into him. Right. How I thought you were going to say he still, still hadn't learned their names. <laughs> <laughs> that also could be the thing. Um, so, yeah, that will probably go up and up and up as the season goes on. I'm not sure how long that will take. Now, how does that affect Dunkley? We just don't know. No, so, at this stage, I'd rather be on him now than not on him later. Um, so, I do think that Dunkley is still a good in. I mean, look, it gets to mid-season. His role flips. You know, we might have to trade him out of the buy, but I think at this point, Dunkley's a pretty good, um, pretty good get. Dunkley had um, like sixty-three or sixty-seven percent um, centre bounce attendances too. I, yeah. I think what it, uh, Trelaw had like two. I think if anything, Trelaw could actually impact Bailey Smith because you know there's outside run players. One of them's going big, and Trelaw could easily go big another week. Uh, Smith could go shit. Um, Dunkley, yeah, I'd agree. He's still a good option, but again, Bevo, classic Bevo, could switch. Classic. You know, it's you know, it's like a board game. You put all the pieces in a box and then pick them out and go, oh, you go here. You know, he's I, <laughs> every week. I, I hate Bailey Smith because for two reasons. First of all, the only thing that was making me happy watching that game, because obviously Collingwood were getting pants, um, was the fact that he was burning McRae at every opportunity. McRae's there for an open handball receive, and he's the best, arguably the best user in that team. And Smith is just burning him every chance he gets and then turning the ball over going inside 50. I was just like, what is this? Why, why are you killing me? At least if, if dogs are going to actually destroy Collingwood, the least I can do is watch McRae get possession. So that was frustrating. Hey, Chris, um, am, am I reading this right, that you had Goulden and you had Rowe on your bench? Absolutely, yes. And, <laughs> uh, and Flynn, of course, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah Flynn, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't, yeah. My, well, my premiums weren't bad apart from Neil, obviously, and of course the the rucks. But outside of that, I felt pretty confident with the rest of my team. And Houston, even though he only scored an 82, but um, yeah, that could bounce back this week. So I'm actually not going with a Mills trade this week. And that's my third um, potential in. So I really like Mills as an opportunity. Most people have DPP switches where they can uh, throw someone around and get Mills into the defense or maybe lead into midfield or something like that. I don't mind Mills, but what I would say this, I probably wouldn't do it this week. You know, they yeah. had a big win over, over over Brisbane. I want to see one more week of data from Mills before I pull the trigger and then maybe Chris, make that a correction trade. Chris, pull the fucking trigger. They're versing Adelaide this week. <laughs> they are against Adelaide. He's, he's going into that uh, midfield against like Berry. He's not lining. You know, he's not lining up on Sloan, or maybe he will. And Sloan's not going to tag him because Sloan's too busy worried about getting tagged. So. You know, I mean, well, what like, happens, dude? How much would I punch myself in the face if Houston comes out this week and gets a freaking one thirty, and Mills turns out an eighty? I'd just be like, I just, you know, I just couldn't do it to myself. No, you know, no. Like, well, so okay. So, uh, I, so I thought you were talking about trying to work that in with, um, with a different trade. But yeah, Houston, it's it's an interesting one. Houston went big in the Amy, so and um, yeah, who have they well, lost now? Well, you could now? definitely but, do danger directly to, to Mills. Like you could yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that's an opportunity. So. Um, so there is that as well. I don't mind that. 
Um, and I do like the Walsh in as well. And so the, the thing, the great thing about the Dunkley pick, the Walsh pick, and the Mills pick is it does free up that little bit of cash. cash. And for someone like me, I didn't get Jordan in. And with Harms now going down, his job security just um, just had a bit of a, a nice bit of a bump. Yeah. So I think he might be a rookie that we might need to correct to in round three. So if you don't have the 20K to go from McNeil to to, uh, to James Jordan, how are you going to get that? Yeah, I agree. So, he, he is definitely um, one that um, like Swizz and I had to speak before as well. Jordan, everyone held off because we thought his job security was horrible, but then – you know, um, and mind you, harms the four four percent. I think they went with him or whatever. Man, that's unlucky. Hey, and I considered it at some point as well, but fuck, thank God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. I, yeah, completely concur. Um, now the last one's obviously Dusty. I, I personally think any Dusty trade is a bit of a point chaser. Um, we know Dusty. We've seen this one before. Like, yes, one fifty eight big. Don't get me wrong, it is big. He had a great game. But I think last season didn't he go like one thirty seven in round one? Like it's it's not yeah, unlike him to towel up Carlton, you know. Like that's expected. We knew it going into it. We know that he's probably going to drop some seventies and some eighties during the season. His price is going to drop. That's kind of what Dusty does. You know why so he goes I'm well against Carlton? On. You know why he goes so well against Carlton? Because they suck. No, it's because it's Carlton's grand final for the year, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> Dusty always goes well in grand finals. So it's it's Carlton's that's, grand final, and that's why he stands up. Well, that's true, absolutely. Fact. That's fact, actually. So, that's fact. So, um, so that's, um, that's my five there. I'm probably going Walsh um, for buy structure. So I think that that's another consideration that people need to make when selecting their teams is how does, it fit, how does that selection fit into your buys? Um, if you're playing for overalls, obviously. If you're playing for leagues, it doesn't matter so much. Um, but, yeah, so Walsh fits quite nicely with my buy structure. Um, I do see the upside. I was a little bit scared off in the Amy game. It was a bit of an awkward price. He comes out, he bangs a 122, and he just looked like – anyone who watched that game, walked, I walked away saying, like, Dusty was probably best on ground, but only because of the goals he kicked. Yeah, correct. Walsh, Walsh was, was probably – Walsh was probably the best player. If, if, he had, if he kicked two goals as well, he would easily have been the best player on the ground. Um, I, I just can't – yeah, he's just so good. Unbelievable. That's, running power. That's where I'm sitting at the moment because I can go danger out Dunkley into my forward line. I could get Dusty and bank that cash there. But at the same time, I'm like Walsh will probably – well, Walsh will outscore Dusty. Dusty yeah. will have some small games. Everyone's trading in Dusty. Eleven, I think 11.9% or 10.9% have traded him in this week. He's going even Ooh. higher owned. He is going to be 60-odd percent owned. Or higher whenever all the rails jump off and all the danger fields jump off. It's going to be absolutely fucking ridiculous. So I'm actually thinking about not getting on. And I was telling Swizz, it's like simple plan. You know, you like them until every other teeny bopper jumps on. And then you're like, <laughs> you know, fuck this band. You know, you're like, I'm sorry, I can't be perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I'm look. I suppose just yeah, going against that theory, yeah, right. <laughs> going against that theory is obviously when he goes big, you're going to have a bad week. Yeah, um, for sure. So you've got to take that into consideration. Um, in terms of row replacements, I'm not sure how you can go past Taranto. Um, I, I thought he just played his role well, even though he spent a little bit, like a lot of time forward. He was in and around the contest at every opportunity, and I thought he was the best midfielder on the day for GWS. I thought he was good um, too, but I think the wet weather helped him being able to be in more definitely. contests. Otherwise, it slingshots with some of their 
uh, inexperienced forward line now, Jed Buess. I think some of it could actually leak out a bit quicker and he might miss out on some points next time. Agreed. Um, Riccardi, however, is uh, due to be back in this week and Hogan is back next week. Oh, that'll be good so, for him. Okay, fair, fair. Very good for GWS moving forward. Fair. Are, um, are you worried about your defensive line? You've got a couple of speculatives. And mind you, were you shitting yourself at halftime when Doherty was a spud? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he was getting nowhere near it, but he was also trying to play as a defensive option on um, on Martin when he was forward. And he did the right job, but... Um, I don't see that as a role for him moving forward to lock down someone like a, a Dusty. Um, no, either. And then especially with um, old mates, bad knees. What's his name? I Newman. Thinking. Newman. I was thinking Newman's Newman yeah. like an idiot. Um, he could then sort of take that because he's a bit quick. Yeah. Um, so I saw I saw two Doherty's on the night. I saw when he wasn't playing on Dusty, he was free all over the back line and cleaning up the ball. Did you see and though, when he was when playing it, on Dusty, he didn't touch it. When it went up towards the wing and stuff, did you see how he was the, the trying to get – loose behind the contest for that handball received behind the, the stoppage. Absolutely. Cause and that's what I was talking about in the Amy series on what I noticed that he was actually getting up the ground a little bit more and then hanging behind contest because then they will try and win it. Cripps and Walsh would try and win the ball and then they can just handball it backwards straight. I completely to- agree. Um, and then uh, what I also didn't like is, um, I mean, so another thing that I noticed is Weedering was taking some kickouts earlier in the game. So when they want to go long, they're using Weedering as that option. And when they're, they're wanting to pick through the zone, they're using Doherty. Um, so Doherty obviously did take a lot of uh, kickouts later in the game, um, which, which did help his score and boost his score. And I'd say Short was the other one. Obviously, he, uh, he did have quite a lot of possessions. But he was tagged um, when they were switch when they were switching out defence. He was uh, he was he was held by Gibbo. So, if you see if that is a trend moving forward for Jaden Short, um, obviously coming off that huge game in the Amy series as well. So, um, there was definitely a target from the Carlton forwards. Yeah, I think there's going to be it. a lot more accountability on those that teams are looking to to extract. Because yeah. those that are good by foot, they're going to say, well, hang on, if they get the ball to this person, there's a chance they're actually going to hit their target and then we're going to get fucked. Or we put a bit of pressure into this guy and make them give it to someone else to extract it and hope that they butcher it because they're not as good with foot. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, the thing is, man, if, you, if you're having 100 and you're getting tagged as a defender, That's you're awesome. not having a bad game either. No, not at all. <laughs> so, like, when people said, oh, yeah, but he's getting tagged and a bad choice, I'm like, no, no, no. So <laughs> he's still absolutely cleaned up and he got tagged. That's yeah. how you look at it. So there's games he's going to go absolutely massive. So we'll see how that is. He could um, have, he, other- he could definitely go big. And he is someone I was like, as I watched it going, fuck, yeah, should I bring this guy in? Should I have brought him in? And there's so many good defenders where, you know, it's hard to kind of, you, you could throw a blanket over a few. You might go short for a point of yeah. difference, particularly if you're just going for leagues. Short, Ridley, Daniel, take your pick. Like, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wanted um, – I mean, if I could, I would afford Ridley. Ridley's just so expensive for what he is. I, just, I can't really see Ridley, you know, going over, say, a 105 to 108 maximum and really hurting you. But, well, try, I mean, try, Luke, personal opinion. try Luke Ryan that I have on my field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unlucky. Well, I mean, that could be a correction trade, you know. If that continues with Hayden Young taking more kickouts and his role slightly changes and he's coming back from injury, you yeah. might have to correct that. Um, I'm gonna watch him. We'll I'm gonna watch him really intently this week, Ryan, and see yeah. how he goes. Hopefully, he improves. You know, he has a high ceiling, so it's one of those ones he'll get off, get off on a leash Absolutely. at some point. Hopefully, so 
Interesting. Um, all right, so I'm just having a look through your team. Houston, so interesting ones there. Uh, Caldwell. Now, did you catch any of this game? No, you wouldn't have. I didn't, know, but I saw the stats after. I looked at it and went, how the fuck is that only 74? No, he, <laughs> like literally, he was good. He was on like 50 or whatever at halftime. He was actually looking pretty good. Good roll, good CBAs, getting the ball, tackling more than anyone really on nine, that side. Nine tackles yeah. he had. Yeah, nine. yeah, so he actually he actually looked really good, but he wasn't so clean with disposal. And then even then he'd get the ball from a contest and then he would handball it to some like a teammate's foot from like, you know, it was like a seven to 10 meter handball and he handballs it at someone's feet. And I was like, fucking hell, mate. And then- We call that Paddy Dow syndrome. It's yeah, the hospital part. Paddy Dow. We call it the, we call it the Trelaw. <laughs> where he can't kick and can't handle. Um, and then he gets a tackle someone, gets a free kick. And I was like, yes, you know, like holding the ball, great work, great tackle, good pressure. And then he gets the ball and kicks it over someone's head and then like completely butchered it. Uh, so I, I think he, yeah. he could have gone a hundred. Spent a little bit too much time with Devin Smith, you see. Yeah, for sure. Oh, mind you, Devin yeah. Smith was on nothing, kicks a goal late and then goes up from like 35 and hits like 80. I think he hit more than Caldwell. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. Him and Impy, I was raging. Do not ever watch live scores because it's bullshit. Yeah. Those, and that's what I hate. Impy's it's the same, sub, though. It's subjective. It's unlike stats equal this, someone or a team of people are watching this and it's a human judgment, right? And I guess, mm-hmm. I guess you get the better side sometimes where you're like, how the fuck did they get that score? And it's all great. But then on the flip side, you're watching it and you're like, Okay, so he's just got a contested ball, kicked it inside 50, 40 metres to a contest. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it spilled yeah. down or whatever. Inside 50. 65 points for possession. But didn't even go anywhere. <laughs> Actually went backwards. I'm watching it. Score's not going up. Score's not going up. Score's not going up. And then starts to go backwards. And I'm like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? Like absolute bullshit. And I'm watching it. And then I think he got scaled up. Uh, Impy did in the end. And I'm like, oh, thank the fucking Lord. But, well, anyway. he still had twenty, what twenty one disposals. Impy, oh, oh, Impy looked good. He again made a, uh, I think, yeah, a bit of rust. Yeah, the pressure goes up, so I think these players will yeah. get better. But he had a good role, good possessions. Um, you know, he was extracting it, so that was definitely an eighty plus game. It's just that he made a couple of errors. Um, I think that of the two hundred k rookies, if you know, if you're not including forward rookies, that is, if you're not including evil, I think he's clear standout. I thought, he was, I thought he was good. I thought Dow started off well and then shut the bed. And now Dow's not even starting in the midfield because Williams is in and Dow's playing half-wood flank. So that'll be interesting. Well, I, so I, I read an article that's saying that uh, Eddie Betts is, uh, is one week away from coming back um, today. He needs another week in the twos before coming into the ones. Right. If that's the case, I, don't, I, don't, I can't see him keeping his spot past this week. If he does not out, like, perform well, I'm talking well because all the other forwards play fantastic. Gibbo played one of the best games I've yeah. seen him play in his role, and he was amazing, outstanding with his ball use. Yeah, and Fisher Dow, was great as well. Fisher was up. good. Yep. yep. And so was um, uh, Fogarty as well. Absolutely. Yep. He was really, really good. And I just went, like, I'm watching that game, and I'm like, that second half, that was an AFL standard, man. Every time he got the ball, he turns it over. He would he sold his um, teammates with hospital balls to turnovers to direct goal. And he was just a ghost. He was a ghost ship. Uh, I just went, like, how are they persisting with this guy? Like, don't get me wrong. Biased. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> I am biased. But, like, if, if he doesn't kick, like, he, he had two shots at goal. Um, one was running in, like, on a slight angle, 25 metres out and he missed. The other one was a snap from a pack that luckily went through. Like, um, so let's maybe call that evens. Like, he probably should have had one. Um 
But he doesn't get that goal. He's probably sitting on 30 super coach in the game. Like, it's, I just don't think it's a, it's a good... I can't say, if he doesn't survive next week, I wouldn't be shocked. Well, I actually avoided so, picking him in that first half. I was like, what have I done? And then, yeah, no, not so impressed. Uh, I think Campbell could actually improve with a dry weather game. Um, not sure they're gonna, not, not sure they're going to get it straight away because of all the rain we've been having around. But um, Warner, I thought it's a killer. You've got most of the rookies as well then. Like Fullerton can give or take. At least you don't have Henry like I fucking do. Yeah, I mean, Fullerton uh, was a wet weather, wet, wet weather wasn't again, it, in that yeah, game? So, yeah, for sure, yeah. wet weather game. Going down to Geelong, hopefully it's dry down there, so that'll be interesting. Um, I think that's all you're missing then is, yeah, really Jordan, isn't it? Same as me. So I think we're looking pretty it's good. It's really just Jordan. I think, I think um, we're looking pretty see, good. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, what um, Brisbane do with uh, Sharp. Um, he, I thought he played pretty well based on the stats. I don't know what your read on it is, but um, he looked good from the, from the statistical point of view. But Eli Smith kicked three goals and and um, oh, Eli's in and had four. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had three three goals in the seconds and fourteen disposals to half time, and they pulled him out to be the emergency for the AFL side that night. No, Eli Eli has to be named. He's been on the fringe so long. He could have been. I think it was touch and go for that game, but they went because of the conditions. And I think because yeah. Sharp's such an elite runner, I think they wanted the legs, someone who could run yeah. in under heavy legs for longer. And I thought Sharp did well as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually kept Sharp. Now, I know the AFL article said, you know, Sharp will probably be the first one out, first one in for Eli, but the Lions had so many shit players that underperformed. Like, you've given Sharp a game. He's done his role fairly well. I think he needs to actually be rewarded and keep his spot, play off the bench, rotate through some different positions, whatever. I think some of the other Lions need to get ripped a bit more and dump someone else, dump any one of the other shit players from that round and bring Eli in and reward both well, Sharp and Eli. Did Answorth play last week? Because he obviously was injured. Um, he's out for a few weeks, isn't he? I saw today in an article. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I end up watching probably, to be honest, I probably watched about 30% of the Lions. Uh, I watched the first quarter and then started to watch them get towed. So I turned off and then came back and I was watching in between the games because the it was stagnated. So at halftime for the Hawks game, I was watching the Lions and then went back and the Lions were doing shit. So I went back and watched the Hawks game and ended up finishing off watching most of Essendon and Hawthorne. So he's... yeah, he wasn't even selected in the in the senior team. Yeah, he got suspended for two weeks. So he must have been playing in a, in a practice match or something and got suspended. Um, so he's unfortunately gone. It looks like uh, Kieran Coleman it was yeah. injured on the night. So, I mean, there's definitely a spot there. I also think Gardner probably comes in, but I'm hoping that that's at the expense of pain. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think that is at the um, expense of pain. So especially when you come up uh, against like Hawkins and stuff as well. Yeah, I think pain's a little yeah, bit more inexperienced. You know, pain's pretty big, but I think it's just more inexperienced. And if you come up – with if you bring an inexperienced defender in against someone like Hawkins, he's just going to manoeuvre you. You know, you're going to try and come back. He's going to push forward, and you're just going to he's going to work you. He's too smart, Hawks. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, the only other thing, I, was, I mean, even if Sharp does get dropped, I mean, the reason that I went with Sharp is because if he does get dropped, that's my plan to loop anyway. Like I was going to run with Aiden Fife. I had the extra money. I bring him in. He goes to fifty-one. That's way more than I thought he was going to get in that first game. So me too. I thought worst case, there. worst case, if he gets dropped, he is now my loophole. I use him instead of Fife also because he's dual position, and at least he was starting. And I tried to play as many starters as I could. Uh, I think I only had one non-starter, which was Saunders. And I figured I could always – I have the cash anyway. I could always correct it. So um, 
Although yeah, Henry, the only other thing I've got, yeah, you go. I was going to say Henry can get the fuck out of my side as soon as next week comes around. <laughs> but you that never know. But you never know. Yeah. Like I know he didn't do well in the Amy, but again, Richmond are so good in defence. And then he was named, so I was like, okay, we're well, trying to start as many named rookies. And you had Jones from Essendon, who I wasn't great on. I thought, well, Henry might be agile, even though he was shit. Maybe I'll give him the benefit, put him on field, like yeah, you know, on the bench. And you try and start as many Collingwood, rookies as you can, and he was horrible. Like he, yeah, horrible. Collingwood would have that many passengers. It's ridiculous. I mean, between him, between Will Hoskin Elliott, between Josh Thomas, um, who else is a passenger? Trey, Trey Roscoe. I don't know how he's even on the AFL list. Mate, like, they, they had I, I have everyone, no idea. Everyone just sat there. They were passengers. They just sat there observing. It was like a Jordan Degoe court case. They could do nothing. <laughs> That's absolutely true. And like the midfield was undershot. Like Adams couldn't get near it. When he finally did, he turned the ball over. Um, they will be better this week, obviously. He'll be better for a run. Sidebottom will come in this week as well. I think the team's already announced, actually. Yeah, for tomorrow's um, is, yep. Yeah, so, but honestly, that forward line, like Cox was the best forward on the night. Like how does that, what's that saying about Collingwood's forward line? Um yeah, so I don't know. Um, outside that, Brockman, I think, holds his spot. Um, I think he did uh, did some good things. He did turn the ball over a bit, but he had a couple of goals to his name. I think he holds. I think McNeil might be dropped this week, but it will depend on who's coming in. I didn't think he played bad, but again, he sort of looked like a bit of a deer in headlights whenever he got the ball in that forward line and he turned it over um, to their defence quite a bit. Yeah, they might give him um, another yeah. run. Kavara out, so JJ probably comes in for Kavara and maybe McNeil keeps his spot. You know, it's going to be... Interesting that yeah. I, I think I think if I was a coach, I'd probably yeah. If I was a coach, I'd probably say right first game. You now know the level and fix it. Um, maybe yeah. maybe now they anticipate it, so maybe his second game will be better. It's kind of hard if you give him one game and then fuck him off. I say they won, so I'd say right have another game. Now you know the level, and then if he butchers it again, you're out. Yeah, I I agree. I think he probably gets another shot. We'll see how he. I mean, he didn't play terribly he got the ball like you know he, got, he, he was just his disposal when he got it he was a bit rushed yeah. and he was always under pressure I don't get me wrong like like Collingwood's defence was the highlight of their night um, but yeah it just whenever he did handball it just went directly to a Collingwood player yeah. unfortunately I think most rookies um, this week were rushed I mean except for was it Goulden uh, the only person that was rushed in that game was the goal umpire to get ready for another fucking <laughs> goal to come through that was the only oh, person man. rushed on that game well, I can. I had considered obviously bringing in a zero, but I figured yeah, I already had some tenure rookies. I'd seen McNeil play, and I figured well, he's probably going to be dropped, and then I've got a zero there. Um, Sharp could get dropped at any moment in time. Um, Brockman was on low score, so what I did want to do is is drop someone to a, a non-playing rook, and like I would have had to have dropped someone like Barry um, onto a non-playing rookie, and then the the other guys I would have had on my team would be you know, guys like Fulton, Sharp, Brockman, and McNeil. I just didn't want to take that risk, so I just went. Oh well, can't uh, can't help but didn't sacrifice the eighty or so points that I lost in that one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Interesting, interesting, yeah. interesting. So, look, I think that wraps up. I've been recording for an hour and thirty four minutes now, so longer than I wanted. However, it was it's been actually really good to get three different people's perspectives, which you know generally we we get together and it's all you know face value and we kind of bounce off each other. Whereas this was three different people's opinions and completely non-biased. No one had any idea what the other one was saying, which actually kind of helps give people a bit more perspective and live opinions as to what they should do. 
Yeah, I think um, I think everyone should really um, all the other guys that you had on were also very very good super coaches as well. I'm like to put myself in that category, but it's been a few few years, so let's um, <laughs> let's just bounce back this season. Chris, you know One thing here. I will say before we go is. You can't, uh, at this point in the season, do not throw in the towel just because I think a lot of people have had, I mean, I had a really bad team um, in round one or really bad score, but no, it wasn't uh, bad. a you lot of people did. 1924 is not too bad. I think it went 1996. Um, I think some of those that did well were, you know, a few more mid-prices, which generally happens anyway. They start off with more mid-prices, which means they start better, but then they don't have the cash generation. They're stuck with guys that are 15th to 20th best in their position instead of top 10. So... That happens well, the guy years. that got the um, round, uh, round of the week or whatever, won the week, actually has a really good team. The only thing he did was that really helped him, obviously. He, he faded danger, I think, for Dusty. Um, and he had the VC on Dusty for that game. Yeah, and so then Flynn, him. Flynn on instead of like Grundy or yeah. something. But, I mean, we know when Flynn rolled his ankle, I mean, then we'll, we'll see how that comes up. I'm hoping that he's all right, but... When Flynn rolled his ankle, everyone was fearing the worst because Hunter doesn't look like he's going to be coming up. But, yeah, it's, um, it'll be an interesting next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the resurgence of the Rucks because, like we said last year, the Rucks do take time. Yeah. Are you, how, how are you going for your VC and T this week, mate? Um, yeah, I was talking to Swizz about it before. I'm going, I think, VC, Neil into Gorn just because I think Gorn, I don't see him going bad. I mean, he's up against, what, Hunter – and uh, McKernan, because McKernan, they split their CBAs between the two. I think Hunter had one more CBA than McKernan. So yeah, uh, I'm going Gorn. I don't think he's going to do any worse than that. I think he'll be better for the hit. And um, yeah. Neil, I don't know. It's either Gorn and McRae or Neil and Gorn. And I just think with a an undersized midfield in Geelong, so there's no Duncan, there's no Menangola, there's no danger. And I think after such a bad loss, I think Neil is going to switch on. I like it. Um, I am going Grundy into Gorn. So I'm taking the punt on the rucks. I'm going to go to the re-return. Yep, yep. And I'm going to do it. Um, obviously, Grundy's up against Pitney this week. Um, that's it. He's up against Pitney. So that's why I'm taking, I'm taking that matchup um, and backing him to come back, especially after all the, uh, the reports this week about how bad Grundy's been for last year. I'm like, Dude, someone put up a um, post saying how, um, like, comparing his last year's stats to the year before. I'm like, yeah, but there was 25% less game time. So do we not take that into consideration? Don't yeah, worry about sure. it. <laughs> and yeah, you do touch on a good point where they start a bit slower. So it'll be interesting from here. Uh, anyway, we'll wrap it up there. Chris, thank you very much for being available for this phone call, mate. And it was lovely as You're always, welcome. lovely as always to talk with you. We'll be back in the studio with you next week, mate. I look forward to it. Sounds good, mate. I'll talk to you later. Cheers, mate. All righty. Bye. Bye. All right. That wraps us up for the phone calls. Look, three people, probably about 30 minutes per phone call. So, again, longer than I was anticipating for this podcast. However, I hope you have appreciated it. Something a little different. I mean, we could have done an Essendon, thrown in the towel at halfway, but we chose not to. We chose to continue to report to not let the show end, we were a bit more innovative. And as you can see, everything worked out. Chris then became available. You got to hear some of his thoughts. You get a stream longer than I thought. But hey, look, if you are kicking back and trying to work out what the fuck to do with your side, I hopefully we've helped. Uh, until next time, Supercoach Insider, SC Insider 100. Please do share the love, like us, share us. If you are listening to us and you're not following us, you are dead to me. 
like us. I'll talk to you soon. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, good luck and hashtag bless you all. Hashtag double blessing. Lockie Neal for VC this week. Triple blessing. Josh Kelly, the jelly master. He is going to be top four midfielder this year. Bless him. And Sam Walsh, half bless. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 